Thank you for tuning in to the Garage Cast. I'm your host, Armand Hawker. Today, my guest is Antonio Betulia of, uh, of uh, Metal Lab 101 fame. So, uh, Antonio, or tell me, are you there? Are you on the line? He's a phone. Yes, I Awesome. So, um, me and Tony know each other for a while. It's, it's just like a lot of my guests. Know them for a while. Worked with them. Everything's fun and dandy. But he has a... Um, a podcast. He's a co-host with uh, a couple of your friends, Neil Style and Kevin Perry. Yeah, the uh, the trio of New York. All oh, the pa- podcast is called Metal Lab One Hundred and One. So, Tony, uh, how'd you guys? This sounds like such an interview. But how'd you guys start? Because you guys started uh, a month or two before me, so I was going to you guys for a lot of help and just you know how to how to get started and stuff, man. How'd you guys start? Uh, I think. Pretty much the way that, you know, we started uh, with everything was go from an idea uh, that we had. We were watching the fights one night, and I, I'm not going to say I take credit for it, but the whole fight companion thing yeah. was me and Neil's idea before Joe Rogan. So you guys foreseeably have a lawsuit on your hands where, you know. I, you I get... do. I I highly doubt my divorce attorney could handle that <laughs> But that so, may that may I, be the payoff. You guys get free on it supplies for life. I mean, you can be alpha brained out. I'm down with the alpha brain, you know, free alpha brain forever. Right. You know? Actually, uh Yeah, no, uh we had the idea and it just kind of went from there. Neil had a bunch of recording and they both had a bunch of recording equipment yeah. from uh they do a lot of metal music and record their own stuff, so we just kinda of went from there and it just it blossomed into just having fun and being able to talk. Really, yeah. Yeah, I knew. Um, I wasn't sure what exactly it was going to be. I mean, it is metal last. So I thought it was going to be just. I mean, it, it, you guys describe it as mixed martial arts, current events, and everything. But I was, I thought, oh, metal lab. I'm not going to want to listen to this. But I listened to a few episodes, and it was, it was. I think it's better. This is the. Out, I'm on the outside looking in. I look at you guys. You guys got three people. So it's better for a conversation. It's like me, when I do mine, sometimes um, I'll just be by myself, which is very hard to get keep things going, you know, because it's all in my head. But with you guys, you guys got three people, maybe if one guy, I think the first or second episode, you weren't there, you phoned in. But even then, the, you could see the chemistry, and you guys were, you know, joking and talking about stuff, man. So I guess the... Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is, I, well, we actually think what you do is amazing. Well, We're like, how did you sit there and put out content? This isn't a 10-minute podcast, you know what I mean? Don't, you're putting be, out 10 minutes would be perfect, but yeah. <laughs> you're putting out, you know, solid hour content almost every time out and alone. And we kind of like, we wanted to do the two-hour thing, but, you know, I guess you, you get caught up and have the bullet points you don't go through when you're doing it. Yeah. You're like, I... You know, we talked about you know apes for like thirty minutes one, at one point. You, you know, you just you don't even <laughs> you don't know where anything, anything goes all the time. So I, I guess that's that's probably the hardest part is is trying to get everything together. You know, you hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you like at the end of one, you're like, wow, that was actually a really good show. Yeah, yeah. You know? I've had one of those <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> and then then. then there's some of those ones where you walk in and you're like, what the hell did we talk about? Yeah. Like, you know, my girlfriend came up to me and she was like, I don't know what show it was. She's like, you did not not curse the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens, I, man. I don't know. Plus, the first, like, four episodes, I was drinking during them. So, yeah. like, but you don't even realize it. It was like, Diego Garcia, Antonio, where I was, you know, seven beers deep after 40 minutes. I'm starting to slur my words. Right. Can't be can't be that guy. <laughs> yeah, the um, I didn't know how I was going to do it because uh, I'm not even sure when I started. I think February, um, whenever I started, I did a recording, just a, a basic recorded straight to the computer, quote unquote podcast with my wife. And she didn't really know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And it was horrible. But um, what I found yeah. out was, yeah, you have to kind of have a when you're doing it solo, you have to have some sort of um, uh, uh, some bullet points to talk about, and bullet yeah. to to I guess pull the curtain back. I do every for when I was doing a lot of them by myself, 
I would have a piece of paper there, and it'll be Nate, Nick D. Nate, ugh, God, I can't think. Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, and McGregor, whatever. Diaz, it'd be like Diaz and McGregor. Uh, uh, cyclist uses motor and bike to uh, win the race. Like it will have all these bullet points, but that was just to cover you know twenty minutes, and all I was shooting for was thirty. So the more I did that, and I think it's, it happens with you guys too. You kind of have to get through those. Uh, pretty much horrible experiences to figure out how to go from this to that. And I've seen some podcasts that are from bigger people, more popular people. Well, they'll literally just stop. All right, now we're going to do current events. I go, that's kind of weak, man. Because if it were me, it wouldn't fly. So that's why I try to kind of talk about, just talk, you know, uh, talk about things and, and move through it a lot smoother. But I look at, I look at you guys and I think, man, you got got three people. That's an easy day. But I also thought about the logistics is trying to get everybody there. Like we were talking about before a little bit, trying to get everybody there when everyone's schedule is open for an hour, let's just say two hours, right? Cause you're going to have to set up, record, and then, you know, do whatever. Right. Well, we, we would go live. I mean, I was there an hour early. Yeah. Hour, hour, so you're setting up people. I mean, we weren't very technical. An iPhone camera job. Yeah. You know, like, of just, so when someone, it was like the Rogan show when guys are talking. You know, and we got away from that. And, and I think, I, I don't know, maybe it burnt us out or we just got, you know, I am. It was because, I, you know, it was lazy. Yeah. You know, not one, not because I don't want to see my friends, but because, you know, oh, maybe I was busy or, right. or I didn't want to just move, you know, after a week of, you know, work and stuff like that. We're all tired. I yeah. mean, Kevin works, Kevin works concerts. He's going to work at 1130 at night. Damn. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Tough work. Yeah, I know. Because um, you guys have the... Uh... When you guys, I saw you guys did that live feed stuff. I thought that was pretty brave for not having a podcast or anything before. It'd be different if you guys had a <laughs> had a talk show, so you knew how to keep things going on the fly. But you guys were on the uh, oh man, what was it called? Uh, live stream. You guys were on live stream, and I, I thought it was like it's great, but man, that takes uh, it takes some balls, man, to actually go live like that. But you know. I mean, you just just go. With, I, I think a lot of times it's also the way that you may have a teacher as opposed to you is you have three people. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. when someone forgets what to say, not forget what to say, but, you know, you run out of things to talk about, you you, you have those other two people to pick up. Yeah. So, um, you guys, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so looking... It's it is weird because I look at you guys. You guys say, "Yeah, what I do is hard." And I, I look at you guys, go, "Man, what you guys do is hard." Just because right now, like, to, I mean, aside from telling you or asking you to be on this episode, I, I literally will just go to my garage and set up and record. But you guys, I look at you guys and go, "Man, that's crazy." Because you guys have kids, you guys have jobs, and then you guys have a personal life. Just trying to line all that up, man. I always look at it and go, man. That, Every time I hear an episode, I go, "That's that's uh, that is amazing that you guys can talk and keep it on." Let alone having a guest on, because you guys had a few guests, and I was just like, "That the to get I mean, the, to get the every guests. to get everything to to get everything to flow with a guest on top of three people." I'm like, "That that takes skill. That takes a talent, man." Oh, that's one of the, the hardest parts is easily is easily getting a guest and and trying to coordinate timing with them. Yeah, you know. It's, I, uh, for example, let's say uh, Matt, when we had Matt Hobar on, who actually uh, yeah. recently, recently retired from uh, MMA. Yeah. But um, he, trying to get him on, it was like, okay, you know what? Let's just, we decided it was going to be a phone call, and then we were like, you know what? Let's just FaceTime it. You know, because I, I felt like there was more, you know, of an interaction with a face. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's difficult to But, um, Long story short, is that those times change seven to eight times. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Having to say, oh, I can't make it, I'm training, or oh, I can't make it, I'm working. Yeah. You know, so we keep doing that. That's the hardest part of the thing with the guests. Yeah, man. The uh, Overall, man, I think, uh, I hope I hope both of us do pretty well because the, 
the uh, idea of podcasting is pretty simple. You're almost uh, pulling the curtain back and, and kind of showing people, well, this is what we talk about. Because there's somebody out there that's if, – if a girl can get 10 million views on YouTube from smashing her face into, into baked goods, into bread – Somebody wants to hear about what we're talking about, whether it's because you're from New York or whether I'm from Ohio, right? But you, you always want to hear someone else's perspective, man. So the way, yeah. the fact that it's even done from, and then look at us. I mean, we're we're somebody, but we're no, we're not big famous people. And I'm still getting downloads, you know, I'm still getting comments. So it's it's a, still amazing to me, like, oh man, I can still do this, which you know, I never thought the podcast would take off like this. It didn't. It's not taking off, you know. I'm not number one, but even to get any recognition, I go, man, that's pretty slick, though. I know. It's, it's actually fun. You know, when I was at uh, jiu-jitsu practice about a month ago, and two of the guys in the class came up to me, like, hey, man, I listen to your show. Yeah. I was all, you know, I was like, what? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you do it for, but when someone comes up to you like, oh, man, episode you know, seven, uh, that was great. You're like, what? The, people... Human beings listen. Aside from me, you guys listen to it? yeah. It's I just we just, me and my wife just came back from California, and I've had her on here, and she has her own uh, company thing, right? Uh, which this yeah. episode is sponsored by. But um, she has her own thing. So what happened was someone commented in her Facebook group like, "Hey, I was in the fitness and everything, so I started listening to Garage Cast and the episode with uh, Desiree. You guys are great. Your chemistry is great, you know." And she's just to hear that from a person, that person may subscribe to my um, podcast. They may join uh, my wife's group or whatever it is. But just to get that feedback, I I, my, I had to ask my wife to read it twice. I was like, "What? Wait, wait, what? Are they talking about you? Talking about? I'm like, I'm thinking, are they talking about my wife? Or are they talking about the podcast? And just to I, I, just to hear that kind of a, stuff, it's we. It's almost weird, but I go, okay, I think I'm getting to where I want to be, which is good, so I'll keep it up. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, I I want fame from it, but it was just fun because I see all these other people with platforms. Yeah, a lot of them are celebrities, but some of these people are nobody, yeah. you know, and, and they just started a podcast talking about things, and, you know, I mean, does it help when you have, you know, your name is Joe Rogan, you have on, let's say, Mark Marin, or you have on these doctors, or right. you have, you know, I would love to do that, but, you know, it's difficult when you have no following. Why is someone going to want to jump on a show? A lot of people did a solid, man, by coming out. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it, it's actually the music industry and the film industry and, and fighters and, and the gym community, they're all struggling. Yeah. Everyone in that, at our level, is struggling to, to want to make it to a higher level of where they're at. Yeah. And those communities all are pretty much uniquely the, the, the same thing it's weird they're the same mindset yeah so it's easy to get those people on as opposed to like i can't just go up to some mercedes-benz with some mg place and be like <laughs> you, you, you want to come on my show you know yeah or maybe i'll just maybe I'll, do, I'll get my pediatrician to come on hey when i when i ask people to be on the show i kind of don't feel right because i'm thinking like when i see other people that i want on the show to me, they're already ahead of me. That's why I'm asking them. And when I'm asking them, I'm really hoping they kind of say, I'm hoping they say yes, but I'm not surprised if they say no. Like, uh, I talk, like I was talking, I talked to, uh, I talked to a project six killer. That's the, uh, uh, oh God, that's the, that's the guy I was talking about before. Well, they're, uh, they're together, right? Mr. And Mrs. Six killer talking to them. I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, those guys are already up there. I mean, they had a gym behind them, and they're pushing out product, and they're selling stuff. I bought some of their stuff. So when I ask them, I'm really thinking, oh, man, if this, if this person or these people say yes, that is – they're doing their – I'm so indebted to them. And, you know, thank you for being on the show, but I feel, I'm so, feel like I'm so indebted, man. But I, I'm so happy when I get a guest like that because I'm like, oh, because I think they're interesting. I just wanted you to come on yeah. and just talk about your life. Talk about how you got to where you got. That's the way to do it. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. So this so Metal Lab 101, you guys are out of New York. And um, so you guys have this, uh, the MMA. Is a, when, When's the uh, first fight going to be? Do the, does anybody know yet? Uh, the first UFC, I think, is supposed to be in November at the Garden, which... 
I'm not even going to attempt to get tickets to go there. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you should just stand outside so you can say you were there. Yeah, I'm going to be like all those Ranger fans in 1994 standing outside of Madison Square Garden. Stop it. Good old Ranger uh, fans. So, I, uh, now that that's for everything, not just the USC. Mixed martial arts is legal. So now you can have, in, in a sense, Bellators and King of the Cage and all these guys up there, right? Yeah, no, it'll be great. I mean, there's been some amateur events uh, in New York um, before it was sanctioned. Yes. But, dude, non-sanctioned events, you might not have paramedics at. You know what I mean? You don't want to mess around with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because uh, once it's sanctioned, all that stuff is provided, right? The, the medicals yeah. and securities and all that. So I believe so. Isn't uh so what so all right now here's the big thing because this is this is going back a few USC events now. You had uh, Weidman wanting to do super fights with Jones in New York, and and uh, now you now those guys are out of the picture. So what do you think is going to be the draw? If you could speculate, because look at even look at the uh, uh, what is it one thirty five female champ that's already changed three times with since November. When did Holly Holm fight Ronda? I think it was November or something. So it's it's it's, it's already it's changed. Yeah, it's going to be tough to – I think you have a 203. Don't be surprised. I don't know if they've made any uh, any announcements on UFC 203 yet, yeah. but um, if if you could speculate, or if I was, you know, now that the UFC's in Souls, whoever's doing the matchmaking, if Sean Shelby's still around, or, you know what I mean, or just over. They've got uh, to keep those guys in, though, you know. Exactly. They know until – that's going to run it is trained up on it. Yeah. Um, I would say you got to get Weidman on the card. Yeah. And then that's me because they're already pushing this big thing, this big thing Henderson uh, title match, which is hysterical. But uh, Oh, with the uh, oh, UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think you can actually do big thing and I mean uh, Weidman and Rockhold on the, on the New York card. Yep. And win or lose, depending on his turnaround, uh, I think you could put Conor McGregor on this card against, you know, Jose if he can make 45 again. That's going to be your biggest draw right now, unless Ronda comes back for it. Yeah, Which that... I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen because, you know, she's talking about killing herself and having babies at the same time, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a strange combination. But you got to look at Ronda, too, man. She was... Personally, and uh, if uh, I wish I recorded more podcasts and just my life earlier, she was skilled, but I never thought she was dominant. Because if you look at somebody like Cyborg, uh, Christina, you look at her, yeah. she seemed more dominant than Ronda. Ronda just seemed like it just seemed, and I, I practice jujitsu, not anymore, but we it was a judo jujitsu uh, dojo, right? We learned judo. And the simplest thing was, well, to not get thrown, drop your hips lower than their hips. Easy day. And it to me, every time I saw Ronda throw somebody, I forget what it was. I forget the uh, the move. Every time I saw that, I went, how are you not just training uh, judo defense? Because when, uh, when Holly fought her, that's exactly what she did. Oh, you want to clinch up? We can sit here. That's fine. I'll just drop a little lower than your hips, and it, it stops you. To, so when Ronda was so dominant in the UFC, I, I used to always look and go, she's not that dominant. I mean, if you stay away from her, stay away from her so you don't go in the clinch. If you go in the clinch, be forward with it, and it's going to neutralize Ronda. Yes. It, I think the the biggest, like, uh, it just popped in my head now that Misha lost, I think that's the fight you make for the Madison Square Garden one is a Ronda-Misha. Yeah, now, and this time, yeah. this, I think Misha walks through her. Yeah. Walked. Yeah, because she Misha was the first to take her to five rounds, right? Uh, she took her to three, and I mean it wasn't. Look, Misha has a chin on her. Yes, sir. Like a chin. And Ronda, I mean her hands are okay. Misha's, you know, more of a dog fight, but that's the problem. If you there's a couple of chicks that I call Amanda Nunez is good, but you know a lot of people know that her cardio isn't great. Yeah. So you got to look at people that can give Ronda problems. Yeah, and it's people like Holly Holm, Misha. Maybe if she has the right game plan, uses a jab. You know what I mean? Doesn't yeah. throw a lot of kicks. And Sean, um, 
Jasmine goes legitimate to straight striker. Yeah. And there's a uh, what's that girl's name? Uh, she, she's fighting Holly Holm actually. Shamenko. That girl is like a world Muay Thai champion. Yeah. She's one. She's like on Muay Thai. That girl can give someone like Ronda problems. Yeah, I just it to me. I think if if it's been said before, I think Holly, Holly, I think Ronda bought into the hype. She don't get me wrong, she was the champion and she was beating people, but I definitely believe that she thought she was good. So when she finally lost, and when she and here's the thing, I was just thinking about this this morning, when she 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 lost, she got she didn't get beat. It wasn't you know it wasn't every round wasn't close. She lost that fight. And when you lose like that after dominating for so long, you do have those, uh, you know, uh, I want to kill myself thoughts because to me, she believed it. I'm a guy that says. Welcome to New York, by the way. <laughs> New York, son. I'm a guy that says I'm going to uh, I'm I'm almost 40. I'm going to race you. I'm going to try to outlift you. I'm going to come. I'm going to compete. But if you're better than me, well, that guess what? You're, you're most likely going to win. But to me, it right. was, to me, it, to me, Ronda didn't have that mentality. She had the mentality was, I'm gonna walk through this girl. And if you notice, this is this is a quarterback coaching. No, what is it? Couch quarterbacking. To me, if you look at the what was it, the '90s Bulls and the Lakers, how Phil Jackson used to do it. Phil Jackson would just sit on the bench and go, "Hey, man, you guys are getting beat. Figure it out." And they would figure it out. But when when uh, when Ronda was getting beat. To me, when she was getting just ragdolled, I'm thinking, oh, you need to stay away from Holly. And if for the first round, for the rest of the other two minutes and 50 seconds of the first round, just run, get back to your corner, reset, and come out in the second round. It was, to me, to me, she couldn't, she, she couldn't figure that out. She thought, nah, I'll just go strike for strike with her. Don't do that with Holly, man. Well, it wasn't even that. It's bad, bad coaching. I said this. A while ago, I said, you know, right after the loss, I said the only way she can compete is if she switches gym. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if you listen to the corner, that guy Edmund was like, uh, you're doing great. Hysterical. Wrong. Hysterical. What you, you just got punched in the face way too many times. Hit. You need to <laughs> When I heard that, because you know, they, they mic the corners or whatever, I went, you got to be kidding me. Not... She, it wasn't this kind of like, hey, hang in there, champ. No, you're doing great, champ. No, she's not. Blatantly. You, you <laughs> should tell me. You should, like when I was like, when I got knocked out in my last fight, I got up and I was like, what happened? He's like, oh, my coach was like straight up. He's like, you got knocked out. I yeah. was like, oh. oh all right, cool. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know. I, thought, I, I got up and I was like, what happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. I think that even her camp, her camp, her uh, her gym believed the hype. Because if you talk to cause a lot of fighters, have done it. They will. Uh, what's the uh, guy? Oh, uh, what's the Norwegian guy? Whatever, uh, Gustafson, Alex, him, yeah. and uh, a lot, quite a few fighters will bounce from gym to gym to get some specialty training. Because if I'm not a judo guy. I'm going to go to a judo uh, a judo gym and work with those guys for six weeks building up to a camp or building up to a fight just because I know that – I already know this. It's rare. Maybe uh, – what is it? Winkle John? Jackson? Jacksons? That's a camp where they're pretty versed, right? But for the average fighter, I would bounce from camp to camp, not not to not be loyal, but to go, yeah, man, the, the striking here is good, but I want to go over here and strike with these guys. And I guarantee you'll learn more stuff because somebody there is not used to seeing you strike. So they're going to pick you apart, and the, and the guys you're sparring with are going to pick you apart. So I think, yes, yeah, if she wants to win and become more dominant, she has to get out of that. Oh, man. I think we just lost old Tony. The cell, the cell phone interview uh, crutches. Let's try to get him back. Let's try to get him back on the line. Hey, Kev, can you get Tony back on the line? No. What's going on with that?
Please leave your message for. All right. So, yeah, we kind of lost Tony. Ah, you got the, the beauty of uh, beauty of cell phone uh, cell, uh, called in guests. But, yeah, I always thought that uh, Rhonda, she was and you believe it. She was pumped up. She was hyped up a lot in the UFC. And if you're going to get those paychecks and everything, you will. You'll start to believe it. I just it's sad to see that, you know, she believed it so much that she started thinking about suicide and all this nonsense, man. To me, as Misha, uh, Misha Tate also said it, that if you get beat, you know, that's fine. But a real fighter or a real competitor wants to get right back in there. So after, you know, you have your medical stuff and uh, you uh, they have medical suspension. So after that, you're, you know, six weeks or whatever it is. I feel like, yeah, man, you should jump right back into that just to uh, just because you want to still be hungry. You want to you want to go back and not necessarily get your belt back, but you want to make sure that that loss wasn't a fluke. So, you, you know, that and you'll see it in many fighters, man. He, I think the, the one of the guys, uh, Frank Mir, he's been fighting forever and uh, he took a couple losses. He was still came back, you know, and uh, what was it? Uh, Orlovsky, same situation. Same. Oh, I got a text from Tony. He's in a tunnel. With Orlovsky, the same situation, man. He um, he got he he was in strike force, I think K one, but uh, he went on this losing streak and came back. Went to, went over to Jackson's. Pepperoni Tony. Antonio. Yes, sorry, man. I'm, I'm in and out of a tunnel. So if I lose you again, yeah. I will wait until the end of the tunnel sequences, <laughs> and then we will we will just uh, we'll we'll pick it up as soon as I get out of the tunnel, and then I won't have any more uh, problems with service. You want to just do that? I can just stop it, and then we can pick up. No, we can we can talk for another ten, and I'll lose you, and then we'll we'll get back into it. <laughs> All right, but yeah, we were talking about um, uh, Rhonda being that she should, if she's going to come back, she should jump, she should change some camps, just change some things up. And I think it's healthier yeah. for anybody to do that, just because you, even when you have, when you get new coaches in, you know, you want to bring something else to the table. I just think she 100% believes she was the best, which is a bad thing to think. Uh, a big thing is you're being comfortable with your training. Yep. So it could, who knows, Rhonda – from from the persona she has and the way her mom behaves, yep. uh, is she's always it's always been a me first mentality. I'm not, I'm not trying to judge someone, but uh, you know, it's almost, I don't mean to talk sideways about people, but like uh, you know, they, when I was training in Texas, when I was living in Texas and, and training around some pretty high level people, yeah. uh, you know, the rumors about Sage Northcutt were, you know, he. He doesn't. His parents don't let him train with people that are better than. Oh yeah. You know, and 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 is that there could be that thing with Ronda? I don't know who's Ronda. You know who's Ronda's rolling partner? Diaz's. I, I've seen that one time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this on tape one time. I don't know who she's going against. I know you know what I mean. Yeah. You know guys that, you know if if you know guys that are coming out of Jackson, they're coming out in a straight animal. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're training with everybody. Yeah. Even uh, home was uh, training with Jones. I mean, just the size. If I And mean, Jones is not going 100%, but to be able to, to wrestle with Jones and even strike with him and being around that kind of, um, uh, I wouldn't, I want to say excellence, you're going to get better because you're going to feel like you have to catch up to him. Even though he's a guy, even though he's a champion, even though he's a foot taller than home, you know, you still have that hunger. And if you yeah. You train around a bunch of people that you've already rolled with and kind of dominate. Yeah, you're not your your hunger's gone. You're not going to have to figure anything out. And I think that's what happened with that fight. She never had to figure anything out, so she couldn't. Cause she tried the judo throw the chick, couldn't do it. Tried the armbar, couldn't do it. And then she was stuck. She said, "I don't I don't know what else to do." So she just kept it, run, running into uh, Holly's jabs. The the worst part is it made her look significantly one dimensional. Yes. Very one-dimensional, and 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 that's the worst thing you can do at that level. Like I'm, I'm like sitting there the other night, you know, just me, and, me and my girlfriend were talking about, you know, me fighting again and and, and her fighting, 
What? Um, no, you will not send that angel into the ring. Do you hear me, Tony? You will not. <laughs> she wants to do it. It's not even on me. She's the one that wants to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I, uh, for me, you know, I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, I'm about to be 30. Like, and I'm like, and I don't train eight hours a day anymore. You know, and yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to, I, I do want to fight again, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to stay competitive in jiu-jitsu. I will continue to do tournaments and continue to rank and, yep. and just stay. I'm in love with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I'm not in love with the fame. Yeah, to yeah. me, uh, I'm, I'm older too, man. I'm almost 40. But to me, jujitsu is. Uh, I tell my wife she should try it. I would think I would try to get her into judo because you, there's certain throws you can hold people and, and kind of uh, neutralize them. But jujitsu, it's such a. Even you, if I used to talk to the black belts, I'd hate it rolling with them. But I used to talk to them a lot, and they were like, "Yeah, the belt is a level of knowledge, but it doesn't mean anything. If you can figure it out, a white belt can tap a black belt. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's that versatile." Unlike boxing, where I'm not going to be able, even to this day, I'm not going to be able to catch Mike Tyson with a left hook. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about... Uh, Changing camps you, and homes. Your wife taking judo was the last thing I remember. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about... Uh, yeah, because I think, I feel like judo... No, I would rather her... Because she's 5'10", right? Pretty tall. I would rather her do judo than jujitsu, but also do jujitsu because I only feel like um, with jujitsu, if a white belt, let's white belts, right? They don't know anything, right? But let's just say white belt goes against a black belt. If the white belt, if he's me, been a white belt for a year, it should be a blue belt, right? Right. He can figure stuff out to submit the black belt or certainly put that black belt in some danger that he wouldn't expect from a white belt. But I don't feel it's the same way with striking, so that's what I mean when it's when you look at when you look at the different martial arts, man. Which one is more versatile? And that's why you, I think, that's why you really go to different camps or go to different places or roll with different people. Because even where I used to uh, do jujitsu, I knew who I could beat and I knew who was going to be. I knew who I could beat and I knew who I was going to have to stall with for those three minutes. And right. I, if I think if you do that too much, you get that false sense of security. And you think, oh, yeah, man, I'm ready to fight. Nah, man, you need to go over to a, a Gracie spot. And then you need to go down to Virginia. And, you know, that's – and I think that's where a black belt's a black belt or blue belt's a blue belt or a purple belt or whatever. But you need to either go to different places and roll or start competing because that's when you have to figure stuff out. It's not a check yeah. in the box on the on the uh, chart. Yeah, I can, do a, I can do a rear naked. Got it. Yeah, I'm a blue belt. Nah, man, you need to apply that – in the most practical situation without going oh. having a street fight. If there's, if there's any, if there's zero comparison between role, I mean, yeah, we have hard, the hardest practices I've ever had were uh, when I lived in Texas and I was training at a fitness fly factory, uh, shout out to Brendan Quick, Johnny Bedford, uh, Evan Cutts, all those, you know, the Moles brothers, uh, right. and Bentley. There's, there's street, Savages. <laughs> right. Like, these are guys who have been in the UFC, who have fought for legacy, who, you know, just, it, it's when you're around that group, that or, or a group like that, or a gym like that, where it's every facet of MMA, yet they still bring in crew Bob Perez for seminars, or yeah. they bring in, you know, they're bringing in top guys to come there, and that's why. That's why I can understand staying at a gym. If they're bringing in people to to train, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're doing the same. Now, but then there's gyms that will overcharge you, you know what I mean? Because yep. they're saying, oh, so-and-so trains here. They tried, I'm not going to say the gym's name, but a gym in Manhattan tried doing it to my girlfriend, Corey, and they're like, oh, it's 350 a month. What? And we were like, yeah. She was like, are you crazy? They were like, oh, you know, you'll be training with so-and-so who's a, you know, huge Muay Thai instructor, very well-known in right. the world. Right, uh, Oh, Sarah McMahon's going to do some of her camp here. And I'm like, no one can't. I don't care. Yeah. You know, 
what? So I can get the shit kicked out of me? Excuse my language, but I sound like man. So I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an amateur MMA fighter. People play football. I get you know I I throw leg kicks. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a different life section, and that's the biggest thing that I, I, I wanted to get into. I guess the best part was is you have to within fighting. There's, there's a time when it's going to be with no outside influence, and you have to say to yourself. I'm doing this for fun, right? right? But my next my next MMA fight could be against a guy who's doing that for a job. Yes, that thing, that's, that's the biggest difference, yeah. Regardless if that guy has children or he needs to put food on the table, he's going to want it more than me. He's done. He yeah. wants it more than me. Now, if I got to a, a comfortable place in life where, as rich people say, my money makes money, I would I would train all the time to make my mindset to change. But right now, I work for a living. Right. This is a passion because you can learn to just continue. But training for a fight, eight, you know, for eight weeks, you know, and doing that while working full time, but you want to do it for fun, it, it, it's very difficult. And that's where you have to draw the line in training. Yeah. That, you know, if you want it, then I'm telling you now, Work a part-time job and be in the gym seven to eight hours a day. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's no way around it. It is a full-time job training for fighters. Yeah, and I think I uh, for I think I I, talk, I was I had uh, I don't know if you know Bill Bill Eves, I had him on the podcast uh, whatever a couple episodes ago, and that's what I was telling him. It's to me, it's it's you have to be one hundred percent committed to this. Because there's someone else out there that is, you know? As yeah. if you're not. If you're like, ah, I'm tired today, I'm not training. You can't do that, man. Yes, no, it, it 100% is. But if you look at the, like, you're going to tell me one day that I'm going to be just, let's say, as good as, you know, a guy like Justin Poirier. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Justin Poirier fighting for 15 years pretty much you know what right. i mean these guys been, you know it's they chose that as a living yeah it's not for everybody yeah it, yeah. it isn't you know what i mean do i get used to getting punched in the face yeah you do you get used to getting hit in the face but you know what the consequences are real yeah. you know what i mean in there and you think you're ready and you're not ready you end up like me you get a broken face you break your <laughs> orbital your maxillary bone that's what happens. It, it, it's something you have to dedicate everything to. You have to be, like you said, in it the yeah. entire way. Because even, I feel like that even with podcasting, I go, yeah, I upload once a week or whatever, but I know people that are just out there. Well, I don't know people, but I only assume, because I'm only comparing myself to bigger, uh, bigger podcasters. And I go, man, they upload five times a week. But, they don't have to be anywhere in the morning. They don't have. They don't have a job. So exactly with this, with maybe you maybe because there's. I think uh, what's the guy's name? The I'm the champ. Oh, what's the guy's name? Stipe. He was a firefighter. Is a firefighter or something, right? And there was yeah, a. Yeah, but they were twenty four hour shifts a week. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and there was another. There was a. It may have been uh, Stipe, but it was years ago, man. This guy was a firefighter, but it was more popular. It was more. Uh, normal years ago in the UFC where they'd be like, yeah, this guy, he had, he does, he is a firefighter or whatever, but he also does mixed martial arts. Um, but I think nowadays you can't get away with that. And even Stipe. So let's say Stipe before he was a champ, depending on how long he's with that, uh, with that fire department, he may get special treatment or he may just have to take a month's leave to do his camps. So technically he's still a firefighter, but now he's the world champ. So it's it's yeah. it's not like I can really work at Dunkin' Donuts and be like, all right, guys, I'm gonna holler at you. I'm going to train. That doesn't work anymore, man. Not in the yeah. USC anyway. You guys, you know, it, it, it's very difficult to juggle a full time job. You know what I mean? Yeah, with life, just with life. In life try and get the you know it's like try and get in the gym, have a kid or two, and. And then 
go home, be a parent, work, you know? And, yeah. And also having a partner and giving them the attention that they deserve. It's, it's difficult. Yeah, you're trying to upload to Instagram. You're trying to... Uh, you know, Facebook, it's a rough life. No, but yeah, seriously, man, it, I think people underestimate it. It's for real. Now, I would love, ideally, for our show to be two times a week, you know, and, and once once my kids head back to Texas, uh, I think that's something that could definitely be done. Right. You know, two times a week. But, you know, that's, even, that's still difficult. We were happy getting one out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that, it, it, I think too, if because let's compare yourselves to any any other podcasters out there, right? Sometimes there's too much content, you know. I don't want to listen. I don't want to hear from you four times a week. I know uh, Bill Burr does. Uh, you've heard of his uh, Bill Burr's is a Monday morning podcast, and maybe a year ago he started the Thursday afternoon podcast, right? So for me, that's just enough Bill Burr for the week, you know, because there were times I go, man, is it Monday yet? I want to hear from him. But there's some podcasters out there just putting out content more and more and more. And to me, I go, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear him that much. Let's not do that that much. So, Well, there's some guys that can know and that you're totally not, you don't have a problem with. And that's like, for example, to me, I can listen to Joe Rogan himself Every day, depending on what guest he has, that's yes. another story. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan has a good voice. He has a good voice. You know what I mean? He has yeah. a good radio voice. It, it, it's just overall good. So you, you don't have a problem hearing him. But, like, when he has, do- like, yes, is Dr. Rhonda Patrick intelligent? And does she have things I want to hear? Yes. But three and a half hours worth? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> this it, is an election. I don't need tough. to hear. I'm good. Yeah, it, it's tough, man. And sometimes it, I, I've noticed that with Joe is, but I'll pick my spots because he'll have somebody on there. Uh, Joey Diaz is hit and miss with me, but he'll have uh, when he was into UFOs and Bigfoot, I could listen to him all day because it's all hypothetical, right? But yeah, if it's depending on the guest, man, it's tough to get through three hours, let alone that. Because he had, uh, I hate to pump this guy, he doesn't need my help. But he had Andrew Dice Clay on the show, but that episode was only about an hour and ten minutes. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! You got Dice on, and it's only an hour? No. You know, I listened to that. It was one of the worst podcasts I've ever heard. Yeah, it it just didn't, and maybe because it was so short, they couldn't really get into the flow of it. But I was, I, I thought something happened where it only downloaded an hour. I go, ah, right, let me go download it again. Nah, nah, just an hour with Dice. I thought you were saying that something maybe happened in the studio, and you can kind of hear it because he was like, "What?" He yells at Andrew Dice Clay's manager. Yeah. Like, Why are you even in here? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, Joe Rogan gives zero fuck, yeah. zero, and it was noticeable there. And I was like, Jesus, that was, and it didn't even edit it out. There was zero editing. Yeah. Which, which, it was crazy. I was like, wow. All right. Uh, sometimes and, you need that, man. Yeah. I mean, you can tell, though, that Joe Rogan despises any handler. You know what I mean? Anyone's handler, he hates. Yeah. He puts out, puts out all his own content. He wears honest shirts to weigh in. He doesn't care. Yeah, but you know what I mean? yeah, he's at a point where he doesn't have to, you know? And I think uh, Brendan, I don't really care for Brendan so much, but he does make valid points. Like, he's at, he was at a point with sponsorships and everything where it didn't, uh, going, staying in the UFC and getting that Reebok money, uh, it, it didn't matter. He was already, he was already past that. And I think Joe and and uh, Brendan are in that position where it's like, I'm not, I'm not jumping through those hoops, man. Oh, you're not gonna have me on stage reading the the weights at the fights? Okay, Joe's like, all right, I'll just do a fight companion, you know, I'll just or I'll just I'll be at home with my family. I think they're at the point where they can kind of back off of that stuff. Well, that Brendan shop, Joe Rogan was one of the best podcast it's the conversation that you always think happens between athletes and their friends or or someone that's past their prime and, and, a, and a close person or close. you're talking about where joe was like where joe was like you'll never be a champion and you need to stop fighting now like you are not you better not think, he said i don't think you can people guys like uh you know, Cain Velasquez and Fabrizio were doomed, and, and Brendan Schaub was like, well, I think I can. And then Joe Rogan came back with the greatest line ever. 
I think you'd be surprised. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a hard. And they aired it. Yeah, they aired it. I think that was a hard. It was a hard episode for me to listen to. Only I, I get kind of um, not squirmish, but when people break down people like that, and then they don't want to hear it because it wasn't. It wasn't like Brendan was like, yeah, I was thinking about retiring too. He said it though when he he was going to one of these fights, and it, while he was walking down to the fight, he said he was thinking about an episode of The Fighter and the Kid. You know, like and he said at that point he goes. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because I'm not even focused on this fight. I'm focused on the next episode, which I think some fighters and even people. I mean, you were you're a military vet. You have to if you're not in it 100 percent, you have to start thinking about what's next. And if you don't, whatever you're doing is going to stop and you're not going to know where to go after that. So to a degree. Brendan was doing the right thing, but I think once again he believed, no, I can be a fighter. I can be a fighter. All right, man, back off, dude. You played football. <laughs> you, you played football. You're you're skilled enough to keep people off of you. You know, he's not. A, I wouldn't want to start a fight with him. But by comparison to yeah, to Canes and uh, 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 was it Verdooms? He was a top. He was a top ten, top fifteen heavyweight. Yeah, you know, I was never impressed with Brendan though. You know. You know, he had flashes. His, dude, he's a great grappler. Do you know what I mean? And he had flashes of tough stuff. But was he elite? No. No, yeah. But right now, who's elite as a heavyweight? The average age for the top 10 is like 33. Yeah. It's unreal. Can I you say? I was going to say, and I was talking to Bill about that too. Uh, we were We were talking on Facebook. And I said something to to the effect of uh, Kane's not injured, which is good. And he was like, hey, man, don't jinx him. But I think if Kane yeah. gets through his camps and he's not injured, he's amazing. And I think he – because I was comparing Kane. I said, who has who has better footwork than Kane? And I, what I really meant was Kane seems to move just as much as uh, – oh, man, what's the Jersey guy? He just fought Aldo. Oh, Frankie Edgar? He, it seems like Kane's head moving and stuff is of Edgar level. Because it seems like it's for a heavyweight, Kane's always moving and ducking and everything. That's why when I saw him fight Verdum, I went, ooh, Kane's not Kane. He's not even moving. But he, uh, Bill brought up Stipe. And I go, yeah, Stipe was a boxer and everything. But I think Kane looked a lot better than I've ever seen him. Even when he was fighting uh, Junior and you know just all of his fights. I go, he looked a lot better. He looked healthier. He is held. He, he looks really good. Uh, other than that, though, that was easily the biggest letdown I've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> was hands down the biggest letdown ever. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about 200? 200. Yeah, I, I didn't, for a guy that used to pay for Anderson Silver fights and UFC events, I didn't even I didn't even bother. I said, uh, to me, it was too big. There wasn't this big pinnacle fight that I wanted to see and everything else kind of built up to it. It seems like they kept going, surprise, surprise, surprise. And I go, okay, enough, man. You got, uh, what the hell, two, two belts, right? The interim, then the then uh, no, Tate's belt, right? Yeah, there was supposed to be. There was supposed to be three. I mean, look, you can't expect a guy like Daniel Cormier to come out there guns blazing after everything that happened. And he's fighting Anderson Silva, yeah. one with one with zero muscle on him, but he's fighting <laughs> Anderson Silva. And if that fight would have stayed standing, Anderson would have pieced him up. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling that. Would have pieced him up. But he was smart. You expect, if I'm an Olympic wrestler, I'm not going to stand up with you. Yeah. Arguably the best striker in, in MMA history. But, you know, if you did you watch 199? Possibly. I don't know who was in that one. Uh, 199 had everyone. Um, it, it had overall amazing fight after fight. It was amazing. Yeah. But it's 199 it was easily action-wise the best card of the year. I mean, now look what fight. UFC 201 coming up. There's one fight on that card that's worth watching. Yeah, 190, one. 199 was uh, this being Rockhold. I saw that fight. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That whole card was unreal. Yeah, yeah. The whole, 
You're like, how is he? The Benzing knockout was like, yes, it was amazing. But the fights before that were like, you were holding your head like, are you watching this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I honestly think the the next big one's going to be the Garden. 203 looks really good. The, uh, I think it's two or three. The McGregor uh, ATS. Yeah, I think Diaz is going to get him again. Yeah, I think Diaz beats him again. Yeah, it's. You never it, know. I'm down there to him up. You never know. It's a, it's not it's nothing against McGregor, but I think Diaz. He he's just a better boxer. Now his judo is not na- his jujitsu is nasty. But if you're going to try to stand and bang with Diaz, you might. Because uh, he fought uh, Dos Anjos. Dos, no, not Dos Anjos. Uh, Ra- yeah. Rafael, right? And Rafael yeah. just ate that front leg up. And Diaz, he didn't switch stances. That's his fault. He lost the fight. Cool. But if you're just going to try to stand and bang, I just don't think McGregor is going to be able to do it, man. No, and if McGregor's smart, he does attack that lead like Nate never switches up. He's heavy on it. Yeah, you know? he never switches up. That's the one thing I would I, – I, if I said it, I'd be surprised, right? But that's the one thing I would try to get to, D, to – is it Nate? Nate, Nick, Diaz, whatever the fucking Diaz, man. They're both nasty. But um, that's the one thing I would try to incorporate is switching that stance because it can help sometimes, especially when the guy's circling the cage. Well, I'll just switch stances so I can still hit him with some power, you know? So, but well, other than that, man, I think I think uh, McGregor loses. I, I, if he can't throw punches at each other, I think I don't think Nate has advantage striking wise. Now, could Connor like a crazy cartwheel kick across the back of Nate's head when he's ducking underneath it? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. literally the worst part of MMA and the greatest part at the same time. Yeah, you know, it touch touch. In that sport, you get wobbled. Yeah, you know that's like, what happened to Dos Anjos. He didn't get beat, but he just got caught. And then uh, was it Frankie Al- Alvarez? Eddie Alvarez? He just jumped on him. He said, "Oh, you want to be wobbled? Oh. Cool, gotcha." Yeah, that dude is a, he's an savage. He a was savage. a monster. Cause I I kind of thought, nah, uh, he's gonna have a fight on his hands. And he just went at him like a like a spider monkey. He just went at him. And once he called him, I was I thought I thought he was going to recover. I said, "Oh man, he's got it, he's got it," because he he kind of recovered, went across the cage, bounced off the cage, and I was like, "Yeah, he's got him." And nah, nah, that was that was a good fight, man. It was a, it was it was a great fight that day. Like, see the difference that day. The champion got beat. You know what I'm saying? The champion went in, did his game plan. He got beat. Cool. There's no way. Uh, uh, Rafael can walk away from that fight going, I fucked up. Well, yeah, you lost, but he didn't go in there thinking, you know, I'll just do cartwheels and got caught. No, man, he fought his fault and just got beat. Great, easy day. Dude, you get clipped, all it is, and then you're seeing three of the person in front of you. <laughs> right, right. And in your head, you're like, I'm good, I'm good. No, you're not. Yeah, dude, you get wrong, get wrong. You know what it's like getting punched, and then you're kind of like, you hear your eyes get really squinty. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's trying to focus in on that one person. And half the time, it's like, you think you're covering up, and every shot is getting through. Yeah. Every six. Like, how is he still hitting me? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's the, it's the hardest. I To me, it is the hardest sport in the sense of, when you have peaks and valleys and when you have the pros and cons. In MMA, the cons far outweigh the pros. Yeah. If you, think, if you think in in reality, what, like a 3% of collegiate athletes in football make it to the NFL, right? I yeah. think that was a percentage. Like, think about everyone in the world can throw a punch. Yep. Right? And then you have all these small promotions that you have. There's tens of thousands of of fighters in the world. To think of, you know, going to fight for 500 show, 500 wins, you know, and you just spent eight weeks destroying your body just for that, and you lose, you know, that, that, 
the, the biggest letdown ever. You drop a pass in football, league minimum six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. Good to go. You know what I mean? Practice squad guys are getting a hundred grand a year, and you could still go work at Mickey D's if you wanted. Yeah, in the off season, right? You know what I mean? You're good to go. It's just it's, it's a difficult sport, and it's the only sport where you could be at the peak. John Jones, perfect example. I mean, John Jones is his own doing. That's his own doing. John did that to himself. Yeah. You yeah. like Matt, who was on my podcast, Matt Hobart. Yeah. That's free. You have to make a choice: your physical health or continuing to do something you love. You know, and it. it Matt had three neck surgeries. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. He's 28 years old. At, at at that point, you think, you know, okay, maybe like like I had to talk the other night, and I'll, I'll say it on your show. It's the MMA and jujitsu in general saved my life. It did. It was a very low point when I found the sport, and it and it pulled me back. And, and some of the most loving and teammate and family atmosphere that I felt out of any sport. I played. I played collegiate football and lacrosse. Yeah. So it it is the great. It's great in that essence, but it's so brutal in every other way. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, and the thing is, you don't even after you've been beat, after you lose, after you get your neck cranked enough, you don't convince yourself that this is it until the doctors look at you and go, "Hey, man, you will be hurt forever. You're already gonna hurt." just from being an athlete. But this exactly. specifically will hurt you forever, man. And 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 now with all this stuff coming out about CTE and, you know, about, you know, the concussions and, yeah. like, look, I've probably gotten sports included my last fight, you know, sparring. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, am I banging it out all the time? No. But you know what? You take six or seven left, right hooks to the face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, that mitts hit the back of your head, head kicks. Because we're in shin guards now, we think we're safe. Yeah. You know, you're just going to hit harder, really. It, exactly. You, you want to still feel that. So you're going to throw deep, you're going to throw 85, 90%. And people get knocked out and sparring all the time. So yeah. I, do I want to do that? No. I'm content. You know, if I can get back into training, and, you know, in a sense where I'm training every day yep. and I'm doing, you know, three or four hours a day, who knows? Maybe when I'm 31, 32 years old and I get my purple, you know, yeah. we'll see where I'm at. But right now, the desire for me to fight, it, it, it's just, it's not there. Yeah, even... The I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no worries. The desire for jiu-jitsu, that is there. Learning yeah. and getting better at something is there. Yeah. But, but you know... The other shit, it, it, it's just not right now, and that's okay. Even uh, even when I was, even when I did jujitsu and judo, we because there was judo, jujitsu, and then they would do a, a striking class. And striking was Friday, and you would basically just throw <clears throat> combos, leg kicks, you know, just try different things, right? But it was all yeah. striking, and even even when we sparred, it was all striking. So what would end up happening? I went to a few of those classes, which is great. So after we rolled. On a regular day, even with judo, sometimes people would spar. Would we would go striking? Even then, I didn't like striking because I couldn't personally. I couldn't explain having a concussion at 37 years old, and I'm not an athlete. I'm not boxing. I'm not a former athlete. So that right there, I was. I thought I really don't like striking. So even even when I would uh, spar with people, when I would strike, I would just throw contact punches and I wouldn't throw a lot to the head because some of these guys in the in the place uh, Southern Maryland Jiu-Jitsu Academy is where I was uh, training some of those guys are fighters so I'm like I'm I was 250 I'm not trying to knock this 185er out I don't know what I'm doing so I would just straight go for contact that's it just throw a punch move throw a punch move and we never I, I bought the uh you know the shin pads and all that stuff I never used them so what my whole thing was and I think Tate Tate Fletcher spoke on this before the difference between hitting a person and hitting pads, your speed is one thing. And once you get your speed there, you're fine. So you don't have to necessarily strike with a person to get punched in the face. So what I would do, man, I would just, 
I would just throw lefts, rights, hooks. And when I went for leg kicks or anything, it was almost it was almost like I was trying to kick you to get your attention. But it was just it was left, left, right, left kick. It was just so, so hard, hard enough for you to know that you're throwing it. And even if I got up there quick, I would throw it. But yeah, the the the, the thought of having these pads and thinking that you have to go 100% when you're sparring it's overrated because people think that they have to do that to get better. Nah, man. I think Eddie Bravo's even said it. The drill is what gets you there. The drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling and not going 100%. Just knowing that if you're on your back, you have the bridge and roll to get out of that or whatever, however you're going to do your sweeps. That's what gets it. To crank down on somebody's arm or somebody's neck to really try to almost hurt them when you're doing jujitsu or something, it doesn't get you a rank. It doesn't get you any more money. So when it comes to all of that, man, yeah, you really have to take into perspective what you're putting your body through. Or you're gonna oh, just, yeah. you're gonna end up hurting yourself and someone else for nothing. And everybody wants to know how to fight. Everybody wants to get better. But I think there's a certain point where you kinda you have to uh you know, uh regulate it, man. Because if not, you're just gonna be the you're gonna be the asshole that nobody wants to spar with. Hey. No one gets better by hurting your teammates. Exactly. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, there's times you're banging in the gym and you're laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're testing each other, you're giving each other black eyes, and that's cool. But there's sometimes there's always that one guy, and I've seen guys get kicked out of the gym for it. Mm-hmm. Is throwing, no one gets better yeah. with some of those things. Like you're going to crank on a Kimura, yeah. and we're, you know, it's, it's nine o'clock at night. Chill out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and that that was always the thing. If you get somebody in an arm bar or something, if you're once again, if your technique is strong enough, you've got that guy's hand. Your knees are tight. You've got that locked in. So when you go to the bridge to uh, hyperextend that elbow, you, you don't you don't have to go 100 percent because chances are the guy knows he's the, the guy knows that he's caught, and he may try to roll out of it or something, but he knows he's caught, and you just try to crank it enough so the guy knows. And that's what uh, I remember a few times with arm bars. Uh, I don't know, I guess it'd be a reverse. So the guy that's caught would be face down, and the person that has the arm bar would be face down also. Those, as soon as I get rolled face down, I'm tapping. Because there was a couple times where the guy's trying to crank down on my, on my arm with his body weight. I'm like, you're an idiot. What are you doing, man? Like, just relax. I got to go. I got to go to work tomorrow and check ideas. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, there's guys in my gym that are 40 years old that got knocked out during sparring. I'm like, I can't, I, I'm afraid. That's the biggest fear I have is that, like, I become that guy that's just in the gym, just trying, just buying all the new gear and just trying to yeah. <laughs> say that I still want to do this. And, and maybe it is. Maybe it's someone's, like, journey. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's their, their thing that they want to do, but. Dude, there's got to be some point where you're just like, that's it. I'm just going to do this for fun. I'll go in. I'll hit mitts. Yep. You know what I mean? I'll, and I'll, I'll do my jiu-jitsu. You know, right now, I, I see and my my professor, uh, Marcio Bittencourt, uh, sees a, he sees a lot in, in my girlfriend and Corey. Right. And I don't, know, I don't know if she wants it that much, but this girl's got talent. And she's younger than me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Got more less mileage on on it, so you know what? She's fresh, and that's what you need. Uh, a thing about me is I've you know been to so many gyms and trained so many places. It's very difficult yeah. to always find. You know what I mean? You yeah. end up just being like you make so much progress, and then uh, I gotta go. Yeah, you know she's she's in a place where she can train all the time now. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, she um. Yeah. I'll say you might just she might want to just compete in some grappling tournament just to see what the competition is like just oh, to be yeah. in that because that can put you that can give you a better perspective. You go, man, these guys are going 110 percent just in grappling. Do I want to get punched in the face? And these guys are just like me, you know, they're working every day and and, and doing jujitsu or whatever you know uh, whatever it is. They're doing this on the side, and man, I got ragdolled. So I, yeah, that's I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't want to jump in the ring the first time. That's what I was going to do was just go to down to Virginia or something and just go to a grapplers tournament just to kind of – what they got, the new breeds, you know, just just to kind of mess around. Uh, yeah, I just did – the last tournament I did was uh, a new breed one. Uh, it was not – the level of competition was great. Uh, 
Uh, I was not a fan of the, uh, you know, I showed up at 1 o'clock when they said my bracket was supposed to start. Yeah. And uh, get on the mat till 4 o'clock, man. Well, yeah. You know, Come on, you're man. sitting there. But you got to think about it, man. You're, you're warming up, you're cooling down. You're warming up, yeah. you're cooling down. Yeah. So, and then they're like, uh, but truly, I'm at six. And you're like, you know, I'm drinking a coffee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're just hanging out. You're like, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the 100 I, I literally look like a dude. Bro, I had my D on, no belt on. And I just like, I walked onto the mat tying my belt. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was like, all right, let's do. I was like some drunk guy that came in. One hundred percent New York came in. I'm drinking coffee over here. What do you What do you mean I'm ready? No, <laughs> I'm drinking over here. Oh man, that's awesome. All right, man. So you want to wrap it up, man? Yeah, uh, if it's cool, I could just uh, plug a couple things. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to plug our show, uh, Metal Lamp 101. Uh, it's a podcast just like Armand's, and it's more well put together. Just uh, kidding. I, mean, no. uh, I uh, also want to plug uh, my girlfriend's uh, fitness company. It's uh, iconicfitness.com. Uh, uh, she uh, will write workout plans no matter where you are in the country. She'll be able to get you on one. Uh, and just uh, keep listening to Garage Camp, man. Armand's a good dude. Uh. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, it's Metal Lab. You guys have uh, Instagram and Twitter too, man. So there's, they're yeah. all, they're always working on something. Metal Lab one on one, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, also Facebook page. Uh, we're putting. We haven't been out there for about uh, three weeks, but uh, we're dropping a new content. We're totally redoing a lot of stuff. Uh, hope you guys tune in. Yeah. All right, Tony, man. I appreciate the appreciate the time, man. And no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap. I appreciate your time, man. I will talk to you later. And uh, Metal Lab 101 Garage Cast Collabo. Is that official? Uh, yeah, it yeah. is official. <laughs> you got to come here and do one. I will, man. As soon as I get, uh, as soon as I get some time, I'll, I'll shoot up there and be in the studio. Official. All right. All right, all right. All right, Tony. I appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot. All right, take care, brother. All right, bye.